been streaming. Oh, we've been streaming. Oh, we've been streaming. <laughs> oh, I've been streaming. I've been streaming. I've been streaming. Hi! Hi! It's the Media Boat Podcast. Welcome. It's August. It's August 23rd. That's correct. August 23rd, 2017. This is episode 86. We're 86 in this episode. Yes, this is episode 86. Um, yeah, and uh, my name is Matt. Track. His I'm, name is Mike. I'm Mike. He's Matt. This is the Media Boat Podcast. Media Boat Podcast, where we talk about movies. We talk about television shows. We talk about music for your ears, for listening, and we talk about video games. Not necessarily in that order. Uh, but what we do talk about in the same order every week. Is the weekend box office number? Oh yeah! So let's get rolling right into it. This is going to be a pretty short, snappy show. Yep. So we'll roll right into the box office. What was your number one movie? Number last one weekend? movie was, as we predicted, the Hitman's Bodyguard. Yeah, the Samuel Jackson, uh, Ryan Reynolds action comedy vehicle. Twenty-one million, right at the twenty mark. I said. <laughs> yeah, we called it right on. Yep. Last week. Uh, Twenty-one million makes it your number one movie. However. $30 million budget. Not great weekend. But hey. At least, you can, at least they can pull that uh, number one slot. Yeah. and, and They uh, can say number one those. movie in the country. Yep. They can pull those. Uh, so be on the lookout for those commercials coming on. Oh, it's coming. I'm sure. Oh, yeah. But yeah. Um, Review-wise, it seemed like it was middling. Yep. A lot of mixed reviews, you could say. Yeah. I was going to see it. Yeah. Did end up not seeing it. May still go see it. This is this is a compelling roller coaster of a may also not go see it <laughs> decision here. Well, okay. yeah, uh, I'm about middling <laughs> in the road as the reviews. Okay, to go see about this thing. whether you want to bother bother paying to go see it. So, uh, without reviewing it, do we want to just say I don't know, stream it? Yeah, <laughs> we haven't it. seen it, but hey, it seems like that kind of movie. Maybe just wait or movie pass it <laughs> or, or movie pass it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what was on the rest of this list? Uh, number two was Annabelle Creation. Happened, happened down a spot. Yep, uh, fifteen million makes it number two. Yep, fifty-five percent drop, but a sixty-four million. Yeah, total. So it made a lot of money already. Yeah. I mean, it's on fifty million, fifteen million budget. Yeah. So yeah, look forward to that. Also look forward to that. Remember to mention that. Uh, number three was your other new release, Logan Lucky. Uh-huh. With a disappointing seven point six million dollars, super disappointing. Out of twenty nine million dollar budget, yeah, yeah, this thing is not looking good. I mean, even the commercials didn't even really tell you what this thing was. No, not really. So I blame marketing for this thing. Yeah, I mean, yes. I mean, it has a good cast: Adam Driver, uh, Daniel Craig, Channing Tatum. Channing Tatum. What I say. Channing Tatum. Yeah, t- yeah. That's his actual name. I'm just being dumb. Yeah, Ch- Ch- Channing Tatum. Channing Tatum. Yeah, whatever. Him. <laughs> that guy. That guy. Who we that guy? <laughs> so yeah. Uh, what else? All right. Uh, number four was Dunkirk. Six point six million, and running out your top five was Nut Job Two at five million. Okay. That brings us to hey, we're in the final week of August. Yikes, that came up fast. <laughs> it really, really did, didn't it? Yeah. Summer is wrapping up as we speak. We're going to be in September before you know it. School's back in session. Uh, the, the the leaves are falling off trees. We're, we're, we're cooking. Yep. 
So, uh, which means we have a new releases coming up this week. This is true. We have another whole weekend of movies, believe it or not. Yep. Uh, first up, we have Birth of the Dragon. This is that Bruce Lee origin movie, basically. Okay. Uh, we also have Leap. Leap. Which is the animated, animated ballet and adventure movie, but also Love Triangle, maybe? Yeah, or something. Interest. It has Carly Rae Jepps in it. Voicing something. Her single "Cut to the Feeling" is was recorded for this movie's soundtrack. If that matters to anyone out there, <laughs> besides me, or if you want to take a risk and go see the religious movie this week, Oof. we yeah. have we have All Saints. All Saints, all time. Yep. Um, because I've not seen anything about this movie. I'm gonna read the IMDb synopsis. See okay. what you think. What, what's the IMDb synopsis? Uh, All Saints is based on the inspiring true story uh-huh. of salesman turned pastor oh Michael Spurlock, played by John Corbett. Okay. The tiny church he was ordered to shut down, and a group of refugees from Southeast Asia. Wow. Uh, okay. Together, they risked everything to plant seeds for a future that might just save them all. That seems like a lot. That movie seems like a lot. <laughs> I would tell you who it's in, but then you just be who? Yeah, who exactly? Who? Yeah, Eagle Island on this movie. Yep, going owl. Going owl. Okay. So, uh, so yeah, also not a fast week. Not a great week. Nope, not not a furious week either. I. Uh, what do you think is number one? Can, can can I call a rollover? I mean, we could a roller after a twenty though. Yeah. Is that how crazy this summer is? Well, this is the weekend everybody does go back to school. Yeah, I guess. So even slower? Yeah. That would be crazy. But it could happen. I mean, I I can't pick a number one out of all these things. No. Maybe Leap just because it's animated? Ah, even that, I don't know. Yeah. Is it safe just for us to say... Another week of Hitman's Bodyguard? I mean, it'd be great for Hitman's Bodyguard. Yeah. It does that. You know what? Let's do it. All right, Why not? All right. Let's just say, let's we're, be We're going to crap on every release coming out it's this week. It's just not, not. There's nothing there. Yeah. Nothing. So, yeah, we'll see. Yep. Next week. We'll tune in next week and we'll tell you whether we were right or way wrong. Or you can check out our website for box office reports. True. MediaBoatPodcast.com every Tuesday. You can see the actuals go up. So check that out. Yep. And check us out as we go on to our top check story. Check us out. All right. What do we have to check out in movie news? Uh, we have some, a couple DC moves. We do. Uh, DC comic movies. Superhero movies. Yes. Uh, first of all, technically there's three. First okay. up, uh, DC Films confirmed that their next live action movie they will start production on will indeed be the Shazam movie. Yep. So, uh, that was Jamie big... Fox and, uh, uh, listening to music. Yes. Right? That's right. what this is? Yep, that's the, that's the Shazam. Shazam movie. The Shazam movie. I'm in. Yeah. Anyways, uh, <laughs> no, it's a... Shazam. Superhero yeah. who yeah. just the shouts kid. Shazam! Yeah, the kid who shouts Shazam and becomes a superhero dude. Yep. And does lightning bolts and stuff. Lightning bolts. Yep. But that's not the big news that okay. DC announced. Uh, one, they announced that they were going to do... A Joker origin movie. Yeah, but not with Jared Leto. Yeah. That's key. Because this is not necessarily the same Joker that's in Suicide Squad. Right. This is just 
the Joker, the character. Just Joker in general. However they choose to portray him. Yes, the movie won't connect to the main uh, the mainline cinematic universe or any of the DCEU. It's just going to be a standalone Joker film. It seems like that's the new uh, story that they're telling you about all their movies, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> but we'll get to that in a second. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, but, what do you think about a, a Joker origin story movie? Um, I don't like it because part of the Joker's origin is one already given. Yeah. In terms of the Red Hood and the Killing Joke. But two, his origin is also supposed to be just a mystery. He's just a mad, a crazy guy. Yeah. I mean, I think that if done well, that could be a potentially good movie. Right, but, but, but then you're only telling half of the killing joke yeah. if you choose to go that route. Or what they could do is do... Uh, I read uh, or I read a synopsis of okay. a, a graphic novel where it described the Joker's, um, Joker's origin story, but told through like five various psychopath patients okay of basically like split personalities of the joker and the goal the basically the story was that you didn't know which one was telling the truth only that one was mm-hmm. or maybe none of them were okay so but yeah but the stories were so crazy enough that they were all they were pretty much believable so yeah any of those they could pick from a grab bag of any of those and be yeah. like okay here's the official or at least for this movie, here's this movie's interpretation of his origin story. Or, you know what? They could just do a new one. Yeah. They could just make it up. I mean, either way, I think that it's it's a weird project, especially after Suicide Squad. Uh, but, I don't know, maybe good? I don't know. What too I think, early to tell. Too early to tell, but what I think would be good is if they just did a, reg, like a regular guy... Just goes through a terrible day. <laughs> it becomes I'll, a joke. I love Fight Club, and yeah. at the end reveals to be the Joker. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. That'd be dumb. It would be, but it also wouldn't give away the Joker. Yeah, yeah do this. <laughs> just like that's tied. <laughs> the, the, the big like Joker reveal, kind of like how um, Unbreakable is like yeah. supposed to be like a Superman right, yeah, but story, not really, but not yes, really, but yes. But sure. But yeah, same, same, same concept. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, that exists. Uh, take it as you will. Uh, will or will not exist? Is it still in early development? But yeah. they announced that's what they want to do. Cool. But we still have more DC news as director Matt Reeves of the upcoming Batman movie. Yeah. Dropped a bombshell. It's waves. Yeah, apparently he uh, dealt this interview about two weeks ago, but it's just now making the rounds. Yeah, I don't know why. Yeah, because it was like done like Kentucky or something. Oh, okay. Kentucky interviews, man. Yep. Uh, anyways, uh, Matt, uh, the Batman. The Batman. As it will probably be called. The maybe. Uh, standalone Ben Affleck Batman movie. May not be starring Ben Affleck. May, maybe, yeah. Maybe. May or may not be starring Ben Affleck. Uh, there's rumors that he is out as of the end of Justice League, even though he said that he would be a part of the new standalone Batman, and that would mean Matt Reeves needs to find a new Batman, either create a new Batman story, or what DC is hoping, uh-huh. and might actually do, is keep Batfleck separate, as yeah. saying this is Batman, Justice League Batman, who like lives in a watchtower and does nothing. <laughs> and then this is 
other Batman. This is Matt Reeves' Batman a la new trilogy a la Christopher Nolan. Yeah, it sounds like Matt Reeves was interested in doing a trilogy with this thing a la the Dark Knight stuff. Right. Which, yeah. Hmm. Which, when you bring (laughs) that up to producers at Warner Brothers and you say Dark Knight trilogy, the instant, like, money signs flash in their mind. So is that is that what you think went down? Because I would buy that scenario. Yeah, where that's exactly he was just like, "Hey guys, I know you you're planning on this whole like DC universe thing with Justice League and all that stuff, but I don't know. I was thinking like maybe maybe I don't know. I could have a, I have an idea for like a three part series for this. I don't know. Maybe that might be different. Maybe we could separate it. <laughs> Although that's not exactly what the quote says. The quote says it seems like WB told him. When he came to the project, that it was going to be separate. Nah, doesn't matter. Well, no, they told him that they wanted a standalone yeah. Batman. He came back at them yeah. saying, "I could probably turn this into a new trilogy if you wanted." And then that's when they went money bu- yeah. bucko signs, and like, yeah, yeah, let's do that. And then they told Ben Affleck, he was like, "I don't want to do Batman for three movies." <laughs> yeah. So, um, do you think this is it for the current DC universe as we know it? Is Justice League the last one, and then they're moving on? No, they'll do one more after Justice League. Okay. Because they have to do Darkseid. Oh, yeah, I guess. But I think that would be the end. Yeah, it's tough, because it's, it just felt like they the card stacked against them from the top. And Right, but then you had the success Wonder of Wonder Woman. Woman. Is this weird anomaly, though? It right. will 100% depend... On how well Justice League does. If Justice League is a smash like Wonder Woman was, then yeah, sure, they'll go for it. But if it fails to perform, then Wonder Woman is this one exception that proves the rule, and yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, Wonder Woman is the anomaly in this whole thing that's basically keeping Justice League alive at this point. Yeah, I don't know. Because... Production hasn't really started on anything past Justice League. Probably because they're they're afraid of hedging their bets. They are. That's so, why. Yeah, um, and that's yeah. why they're announcing all these like random movies, saying, "Hey, we're just gonna like spread everything yeah, out." So, and some options. Yeah, some options. Like this includes uh, Suicide Squad two. Right. That was announced, which is also kind of its own thing. So yeah, it's like its own universe. All right, well, uh, we'll see how Justice League does, and yeah, I guess uh, we'll see if either of these projects ever get finished. Because that's kind of the question mark about Batman. They keep changing what that thing is. Yeah. All right. Keep changing who Batman is. What else do we have in the movie news? That's Star Wars. That is the Star Wars logo. Yep. As we ended last week's show, the following day, we got Star Wars news. Okay. Or a little bit of Star Wars news, baby. Yeah. Um, as uh, as we know, Ron Howard helming this ho- the standalone Han Solo film. Yep. Uh, there is supposed to be pre-production on a standalone Yoda film and a standalone Boba Fett film. Right. We have news of another Star Wars story that they are planning to tell. Yep. This one coming in the form of Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah. Which is interesting. Yeah, it could be all right. Yeah. Because there's three ways they could go with this. It could either be how Obi-Wan found the Force, what Obi-Wan was doing between episodes three yeah. and four. Yeah. Or you could just redo the whole Clone Wars. Yeah. And just say this is how this is what General Kobe was up to. What do you want them to do out of the three? 
out of the three, I'd like to see what he was up to between three and four. Yeah. Because not only does he, is he an uncle to um, to Luke Skywalker growing up, uh, Uncle Ben. Right. Uh, ben Kenobi, how he adopts the, the moniker Ben. But yeah, but it would also be interesting to see whatever he was doing during the like during the time of Rogue One. Right. Example. Well, not only that, but at the end of Episode Three, Yoda gave him the training to right. basically become Ghost Jedi at the end yeah. of Episode Four. I agree with you, especially because um, you... I think the origin story is kind of done in Star Wars. Yeah. So if they really did another origin story about how he came up, that'd be super boring. Also, it'd be weird to do that without... Uh, Reconning anything. They could bring back Liam Neeson, though that would be the advantage there. Yeah. Well, you could also bring back Ewan McGregor. That's true. Who's, I, I mean, that's kind of a given. If you do it in that era, I'm yeah. sure it would have to be Ewan McGregor again. But if you do it, if you do it when you're talking about it, they could probably recast. Yeah. Uh, the direct, they're trying to sign on director Stephen Daldry, who did Billy Elliot, The okay. Hours, and The Reader. Alright. Um, so some British-ass British movie. Yep, yeah, they're trying to sign him on so that way he can start working on the script as well as direct. Sure. It's not a bad fit. Yep. Uh, but yeah, Ewan McGregor in the, in the past has expressed interest in uh, playing the role again. Although no offer has officially been made to him and right. it's just basically him talking whenever reporters bring it up because they're Star Wars fans. Yeah, of course. And that, that's all they know him from. Yeah. yeah. Which, I would, yeah, that would be why I would like to see him that, because yeah. then maybe we could get some backstory as to where Force Ghosts come from and why they're <laughs> important. Yeah, yeah, I mean, maybe. Yeah. Okay, what else? All right. Um, uh, we're to talk about your old boss here real quick. Why, that's Morgan Freeman. Yes, your old boss. <laughs> um, Morgan Freeman will be named the 54th recipient of the Screen Actors Guild Life Achievement Award. That's awesome. Uh, for his career achievement and humanitarian accomplishments. Uh, he, will be, he will be presented with the award at the 24th Annual Screen Actors Guild Awards on January 21st at the Shrine Auditorium in Los Angeles. Uh, this will join his other accolades, including uh, multiple SAG Awards, an Academy Award, uh, the Hollywood Films Producer Academy Cecil B. DeMille Award, uh-huh. the AFI Lifetime Achievement Award, several Image Awards, Silver Berlin Bear, and a Kennedy Center Honor. It's a lot. He's a very decorated man. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, but, yeah, well earned. Um, I mean, the question, of course, is, like, well, has he had really that long of a career? Well, they, they, they uh, base this not only on your career, yeah, but, also, but also the humanitarian. Which he had, does a lot of. And, yeah. Uh, I mean, that's the thing. Morgan Freeman is one of those people that everybody loves. Yes. You know, he's universally loved. I think I can only think of one time where he said something that was a little weird. But other than that, <laughs> he's like, yeah, he's a good guy. I've met him. Um, I've interacted with the man. He seems real genuinely nice. And so it's cool to see him get something like this. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, congratulations, um, voice of God. Yes, and uh, uh, penguins everywhere. Yes, penguins salute you everywhere. Penguins salute. Now let's go to the opposite side of that spectrum. Uh, of course, because we always do. <laughs> All right. That is a naked Mark Wahlberg. That, well, at least topless. We don't see below his pecs here. 
Uh, so yeah, uh, those me. are abdominals. Abdominals. What's going on with Marky Mark? Marky Mark has a funky bunch of money. Yeah, he does. Way too much, if you <laughs> ask me. Uh, as he tops the highest paid actor on Forbes annual list. Beating The Rock. Yes. The previous. Right. So last year, The Rock was number one. Uh, this year, Mark Wahlberg is number one with 68 millions. Now, is this because of the Transformers money? This is solely because of the Transformers money. The, the reason, I'm sure the only reason why he stayed for another freaking Transformers movie is probably because they gave him a big pay raise. Well, not only that, but the DirecTV uh, ad deals. Oh, yeah, I'm sure that helps. And all of his um, underwear model sales. Did he have points on Transformer? Uh, yes, he did. Sure he That's did. why. Sure he did. <laughs> That's how they got him back? Because why not? God. But yeah, I mean... I'm sure he did. It sucks. I kind of wish somebody who maybe... Uh, a, little a little more charismatic. Better of an actor and maybe a little better of a person uh, was here on this list. You mean like Dwayne Rock Johnson? Also, this brings into stark relief of how different the number is... From last, from week. last week's number when we talked about... The, the, uh, the, the females. The highest paid woman, Emma Stone. Uh, this is only at 26. Yeah. Uh, goes to show you that we have a lot to work on yep. pay-wise in this industry. But that being said, uh, you know what? Whatever. Uh, I guess people went and saw that Transformers movie and saw thought, thought it was okay. Uh, but did, did, did we? Did we say it was okay? I remember saying did. no. <laughs> you did not. I, I'm just saying some people saw that movie, I guess, and so he made his money. Well, who am I to judge? But at the same time, I kind of just wish this was someone else we were talking about. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, that means that Dwayne The Rock Johnson was yes. second, uh, taking home $65 million, up half a million from last year. Nice. Um, third place was Vin Diesel. Right. Uh, was 54, money. $54.5 million. Okay. Uh, fourth, Adam Sandler. Because, yeah, Netflix money. Yeah. Uh, $50.5 million Damn. for Adam Sandler. So this is actually, between these top few spots, this is actually pretty tight. Yeah. Compared to last week's list. Yep. And uh, number five, rounding out your top five, Jackie Chan. Huh. Okay. With $49 million. Not bad. Close. Well, good for him. Yeah. So your top five is only like a $15 million, uh, difference. Yeah. That's oh, sorry, 18 million. That's kind of insane. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, rich people making rich money. Dumb, dumb, dumb money. Hey, okay, it's, you know, 2017. Yep. <laughs> American culture. All right, let's talk about television. Yeah, we're going right through this thing. We're okay, Netflix. This. Yep, uh, Netflix. Every week. Um, Every week, Netflix. Yep. But get ready for uh, Netflix tax. Uh-oh. Yeah. As several U.S. states are considering a tax on video streaming content that could see taxes on subscription fees like Netflix, Amazon Prime, and Hulu. They better not. Of around $1 per month. Damn. Per subscription. Yeah. The tax is already due to come out of effect in Illinois, Pennsylvania, and Florida. But other states like California, Alabama, Louisiana, and West Virginia are also considering the added fee. Well, uh, yeah, it's a tough one. I kind of 
hope they don't because I'm being selfish. But at the same time, I know taxes help. And uh, could be a good thing. Could fund some important stuff for these states. Uh, but man, a dollar uh, per subscription. Uh, so let's just do some, some quick math here. How many are we subscribed to? Three. So you're paying for Netflix? Yes. You And you are paying for what else yourself? Just Netflix, right? Yeah, just Netflix. Well, and you helped me out with the... Yeah, and, and, and uh, Hulu. Or it's not Hulu. Uh, no, it's... Uh, PlayStation. PlayStation. Yeah. So for me... So that's two. For me, though, I'm paying for Hulu, Spotify... Spotify. And PlayStation View. I don't think Spotify would count because it's video. Oh, because it's not. This is just video. Yeah. Okay. Neither of us are paying for YouTube Red, are we? No, I'm not. Okay. I'll, I will. I'll watch the ads. <laughs> so okay. So maybe it's only two. And then, um, then Amazon Prime comes with. And the Prime is yeah. With, with Amazon Video yeah, Prime, so that's five different streaming services. But imagine though. That's five different streaming services. Yeah. A dollar each mm-hmm. for every month. That's another five dollars a month. At sixty bucks in taxes, right there. Yeah, a year. Yeah, it's up. Yeah, it's up. But well, I mean, again, like yeah, I don't know. If it goes to good things, then sure. Um, I think that it's uh, it's a smart way of getting some extra money. It, that being said, I don't know why not raise the tobacco tax a little bit instead, uh, or or you know, <laughs> alcohol tax weed, or tax weed. Yeah, yeah, there we go. I think you just solved it. Yeah. Well, here's the reason for this. It's because municipal governments are claiming that online streaming is essentially the same as video rentals from yeah. brick-and-mortar stores such as Blockbuster Video, sure. which were taxed at the time. Well, yeah, because it was equivalent to a sale and in a store that was like a retail store. Right. I can see why that made sense. Yep. Uh, quote, it's really just replacing one tax with another for the exact same service. Oh. That's how they're. That's how they're justifying. Yes, but the the behavior of someone who uses the streaming is so different than the behavior of someone who is in the the blockbuster. Nobody went through the blockbuster every day and checked out something <laughs> new. I would love to know if I mean if you at home were that person in 1995 who checked something out from the blockbuster every day. Tell me. Write, uh, write your letter to mediaboatpodcast at gmail.com. Tell us your story. But besides that, I don't think that it really was that common. But uh, yep. whatever. Uh, this also comes as more people are turning to streaming service and away from from traditional pay TV, which means government are seeing fewer customers to tax. Uh, yeah. Consumer rights group have, have already voiced their opposition to the tax, claiming that it can... Uh, quote deter innovation yeah. and that streaming services are being discriminated against citing that governments are barred from imposing internet only taxes as of the uh, tariff uh, or the tax 1995 that is a f- tax. that is a fair point um, yes. that was the whole thing about Amazon forever that's still mm-hmm. I think they're tra- still trying to get nailed down mm-hmm. whether Amazon can and should do sales tax universally that's been a debate that's been going on for a long time. Right, because it is an internet company and you yeah. can't tax internet, but but it's a providing a, a physical product service. Such a weird thing. But yeah, this is even weirder because yeah, you're technically you're technically renting video for home use. That is technically true. Yes. But also, it only exists on the internet, even though you can watch. Well, I don't know. You can't watch it on a television. Mm-hmm. It's it's such a weird gray line. 
Like, this is a gray area for sure. But if I watch it on my phone, does that consider This is why... TV? I know. This is why it's tricky that this thing was written in 1995 because it doesn't... They didn't know when writing that law that we were going to have streaming video on our PlayStation. Right, because you know? back then there was still dial-up internet. Right. No one thought that was ever going to happen. They didn't even know what streaming video was going to be. The, the, you know what the equivalent to streaming video was in 1995? That Weezer video that was on Windows 95 startup <laughs> disk. <laughs> so it was like the size of a postage stamp. Um, Freaking Weezer singing with Muppets. Yeah. That was 1995 video right there on your computer. So yeah, times have changed. So I don't know. Uh, it's, it's weird. But we'll see what happens with that. Yep. Um, which is also interesting because supposedly within the next four years, new law is supposed to be written by the FCC yeah. determining all this stuff. Yeah, either reclassifying internet as a Title II yeah. from Title One, and being a tax and it's just a lot of law uh, stuff is happening in the next couple of years. I mean, yeah, it'll, very it'll fast revolving the internet, and it will establish the precedent for the next ten years to come. Yes, until until we kick out all the old people. Until we kick out the jams. No, right. no, no, no. We will we pump up the jams. Oh, we pump up the jams. Pump them up. Yes. Like, like the beat is pumping. Yeah, exactly. Uh, what else? All right. Tell on. NBC. Yeah. The Peacock. It's NBC. Uh, who is killing? Another dead reboot. Okay. We're not doing this in cancellations. Uh, no, because this is a reboot that is that was planned. Oh, but but didn't premiere. But didn't premiere. Okay, what? Uh, their uh, NBC execs are parting ways with writer Javier Grillo Marchu Marzoch Marzoch. What? Huh? Javier Grillo. The name uh, of a uh, writer on Lost. Okay. Uh, a few weeks ago. As well as uh, the co-creators, Rob Tabbert and Sam Raimi. Okay, Sam Raimi. Yeah. Oh. Who both uh, co-created Xena. Oh, right. As she was supposed to be uh, rebooted. Uh, Xena, the warrior princess. Yes. Uh, The Lucy Lawless show from the 90s was going to be rebooted. Yes. Got it. Yeah, and Javier Grillo was uh, supposed to be the writer on it. Got it. Uh, But NBC Entertainment said, quote, We looked at some material... We decided at that point that it didn't warrant the reboot. Fair. And then they just said what the reboot would be about. Oh boy, okay. What was it going to be? The reboot would have had Xena and her sidekick Gabrielle uh-huh. fully exploring a relationship okay. that could only be shown subtextually during its run on the 90s. Yeah, I mean, everybody kind of figured that they were a thing. Right, and that the very last episode, they did a kiss, and then it faint to black. Yeah. So, what essentially was that the reboot would pick up where they left off, uh-huh. and continue exploring not only a relationship, like a romantic relationship, but also the relationship between a hero sidekick, yeah, and that kind of dynamic cool. in, in Xena. Okay. In Z- the world of Xena. See, when you set this up, I thought this was going to be, like, super terrible, but that actually sounds cool. Well, it sounds cool, but... But now we'll never th- be seen. will never be seen. That's yeah. the terrible part. Yeah, that is kind That's of the terrible part. I mean, they could... That could have been really, really interesting. Yeah. Uh, depending on how they approach that. Uh, but, yeah, at the same time, though, eh, it's probably saving them money. That would have been probably a weird... A little a bit costly. show. Yeah. And so, ultimately, it's, yeah, it's one of those weird oh, God, decisions that you have to make as a network... <laughs> is it wish is it worth having something that could be potential prestige television to spend a bunch of money on something that maybe no one watches? 
even if it could be potentially important, I yeah. think, for television to have something like that. So, it's yeah, that's a loss, unfortunately. Yep. Unfortunately. Yeah. And unfortunately, we're going to move on. Okay. To other NBC alumni. It looks right. like she's wearing a headdress. She kind of has. <laughs> I can't, yeah, she's like wearing the NBC logo on her head. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's not intentional, but okay. that is Amy Poehler. It is. Uh, speaking of Amy Poehler, okay. uh, she's developing a new animated series for Fox. Animated, really? Yes, by Simpsons alum Mike and Julie Scully. Okay, sure. The new animated half-hour series is about a teenager with big aspirations. Uh-huh. Fox has already ordered a short pilot to be produced uh, for a series consideration. Okay. The untitled show is centered on the family and friends of 15-year-old Duncan Harris. An average kid with dreams of becoming a UFC fighter. <laughs> okay. A tech billionaire. Uh-huh. Video game champ. Okay. Or basically any job where you don't where you make a lot of money and don't have to wear a tie. Okay, wait, so it's like a teenage is this all happening as an imagination? Is he dreaming about these things or is he pursuing them all at once? Because that seems insane. I think he's probably pursuing them all at once and failing at all of them. Oh, so it's like, that's an episode. It's like, this episode is Duncan trying to be a UFC fighter. Right. This episode it's, is Duncan trying to be a It's basically 15-year-old trying to figure out what, it. what's going to make you the most money in the okay. least amount of time. All right. That could be all right. In an animated show environment. That could be okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Amy Poehler will executive produce with the Scullies and is on board to voice multiple characters. Okay, cool. In addition to this, uh, her next project, uh, which we announced some time ago, yeah. uh, is called The Handmaid Project. Yeah. Where she and uh, co-host Nick Offerman uh, will be hosting a competition centering on artisans who make handcraft crafts. Right, when we say handmade, we mean handmade, not handmaid's tale. Yes. <laughs> yes. Like physically. Like made with hands. Yes. Like, <laughs> the like handmade project is a completely different show. And wood carving <laughs> and, and, and wood shop materials and all that stuff. Yeah. Cool. Uh, that sounds all right. Yep. So, yeah, Amy Poehler doing Amy Poehler stuff. Cool. Next. Next. AT&T. AT&T. Um, is going to buy Time Warner again. For reals? For reals. Did they finally approve it? The $85 billion acquisition of Time Warner Cable. Wait a minute. Okay. Go ahead. What, you said just connected, uh, what you said just connected in my brain. It's like, oh, yeah, that's right. They did try this before. Yeah. The AT&T will pay $85 billion to acquire Time Warner Cable. Okay. And it's going to be approved because... Of our president, not hiring anyone for the Justice Department. Yeah, so... Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, quick question. Quick answer. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Um, when you say Time Warner Cable, are they cor- on the corporate level still known as Time Warner Cable? Even though it's Spectrum? It's just the consumer-facing yes. companies changed names to Spectrum? Yes, because okay. when you do because when you do any Warner Brother logo, yeah. it still says a Time Warner Cable company. So, so they are not yeah, they are not Spectrum Incorporated now. It's, no. Spectrum is the doing the, business as. Is the yes. Okay. Spectrum so is this the, is hey, Time Warner Cable DBA Spectrum. Yes, this is Time Warner Cable. Oh, we've had bad face, so we're gonna change our name. Okay. 
on, on the customer's I, suicide. I mean, I knew that, but I'm just like, I, I didn't know. I actually did, hadn't done the research research to whether they actually changed the corporate level name. No, no. So, no, okay. I'm just, just verifying. All yep. right, cool. Yep. So, this is, yeah. So, this is going to happen. Yep. AT&T has uh, repeatedly come under fire for using uh, usage caps to penalize yeah. competitors while consistently working to undermine net neutrality. Uh, reports indicate that post-merger... AT&T is planning to kill off the Time Warner brand completely. I mean, why not, right? Yeah. Also, that would kind of finally, for once and for all, uh, kill the confusion between Time Warner and Time Warner. Yes. <laughs> uh, this goes hand-in-hand hand with the current Time Warner CEO, yeah. Jeff Bukes, who said that he will be moving on yeah. once the deal is completed. Okay. So he'll, he, he's golden parachuting out of the company after that. Yeah, he's basically approving the sale, getting his money, and yeah. then jumping ship. Probably retiring for the rest of his life. Well, yeah, you get that <laughs> retirement yeah. Like I said, package. Yeah, the most golden of parachutes. Yes. It's it's freaking 18 carat. <laughs> it's 18 and 10 carat? It's 18 and 10 carat. <laughs> that thing don't sink. <laughs> And yeah. lastly, in TV news, okay. or rather just a little bit in sports news, for those yeah. of you watching on Saturday, the fight between Mayweather and McGregor will take place. Yeah, that's your big sports event of the week. Who yep. knows? I, my prediction, it's going to be really boring. Mayweather's a boring fighter. He's a freaking boring Mayweather's a boring fighter. Fighter and a terrible person, so I don't know mm. if it's even worth Watch it. Mayweather keep his distance and dance yeah. around the ring. Now let's not talk about this. Okay, no, but watch it if you if you have some friend who's willing to spend a ridiculous amount on a pay per view. Yep. <laughs> but we like do we have <laughs> we have a friend that's willing to pay a ridiculous number of money on pay per view. Apparently, yes. We I don't do. know why he's doing that to himself. I don't know, but I'm gonna I'm gonna show up and I'm gonna be a part of it. Because why not? New York, New York. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I probably will too. Anyway. Well, yeah, because what else are you going to do? What okay. else am I going to do? All right, that brings us to our last story of the day. Also beers. Last story of the day, Marvel. <laughs> Marvel. Uh, so, On television? Oh, no. that's right. So, the Defenders. The show. Yes, the Defenders. Tell happened. me about Marvel's The Defenders. So, it's interesting because... <laughs> It can't because they live in the same universe as the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh huh. They have to do a big event for this uh, big team up finale for the Defenders. Yeah. Without having any of the Avengers know about it and getting involved. Okay. So it's it's really so hilarious. Hijinks and Sue. Yeah. So hijinks and Sue has so actually everyone beats them beats each other up. That's key. The the, the phrase that we just said is key. Let's talk about the tone of this thing real briefly. Yeah. So, our reaction... Let's go rewind the clock here and recall our reaction to uh, Daredevil Season, season two, 2. Which was like, man, this is still... Like, it's not going anywhere. Yeah. This is kind of boring. And I think that its, it's obsession with being as dark and serious as possible is maybe to its detriment. Right, because we actually stopped watching right yeah. when Electra showed up. So, fast forward to this thing... Do you think they learned their lesson, or did they think they learned their lesson? Oh, they learned their lesson. Okay, so tell now now tell me what what you feel about this. All right. So um, that being said, like like Matt just said, we did watch uh, the first season of Daredevil and 
Yeah. Probably like half a season, Daredevil season, season two. Season one's fine. I I mean, I watched most of that with you. It's, it was very self-serious. And it was yeah. very violent. But it was interesting. They did some interesting things with character like characterizing Matt Murdock. Mm-hmm. It made you actually care about what happened to him and his friends. Right. They did a fairly good job with it. And so to have like the first episode of season two just be such a slog, we just, just lost interest. Yep. And that being said, we didn't watch Jessica Jones. No. We didn't watch Luke Cage. And we didn't watch no. Iron Fist. Because they all premiered after that and we were just like, we don't care anymore. Right. Though, having seen this, I kind of want to watch Jessica Jones yeah. now. It seems like that character's pretty cool. So, yeah. uh, which I saw, of course, I had heard at the time, but just didn't actually do anything about right. it. Right, supposedly Iron Fist is the worst of the Yeah, time, I heard Iron Fist is not good. Which is good, because Iron Fist is actually redeemed in The Defenders. Yeah. Uh, he has a really good fight scenes. That's good. Um, his, his, there's not a whole lot of backstory, because that's supposed to be fleshed out in the series. Yeah. So, because all the backstory is fleshed out, you don't have all that slogging to get through to, to build these characters up, that they're already heroes in their own mindset. Right. You can get the guy on running, which is what they did with this series. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't stop, which is great. Everything's moving. Everything moves forward. All the characters interact really well together. And it's a really well-done series. Great. I'm, I'm glad to hear that, considering how we thought they were kind of in the hole. Yeah. For a little bit there. That's good. Um, the big bad, uh, what's her name? Is uh, Sigourney Weaver. Yeah, Sigourney Weaver. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. Good casting. Yeah, yeah. Just good casting for that character. Yeah. Uh, she is, of course, in control of the hand and the fist and yeah. the foot yeah, and like the, the body. Yeah. They're, they're called the hand. The, the hand. Yeah. Yeah. Because the fingers. They have fingers. Yes. Fingers and the hand. Yeah, she, she, she's number one. The first finger, the the index. Yes, sure. Oh, oh, oh the middle. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, it seems like they actually, it's not so self serious that they aren't allowed to have some fun. Seems like the inter- they take right. advantage of the interaction between the characters, a la Avengers One, where you get to see them kind of like chatting about how weird it is to meet other superheroes. Right. Like that's always a cool moment when you can do that, and they do a pretty good one here. Yes. It's like the serious version of the one from the Avengers. Right. It, it, it's, and when they all beat up for the first time, they're like, who are you? Yeah. Who are you? Who are you? Who are you? Yeah, it's very much like... Very good. Yeah. You get the dynamic between people who are genuinely interested and the ones who are like, nah, I don't care. Yep. I'm in it for myself. But yeah, it, it's... Well, it's just everyone's in it for themselves because yeah. everyone has interest in in it because it takes place in Hell's Kitchen, which right. they all live in. Uh, some city of New York. Right. Not the Gordon Ramsay show. Right. Though... That would be throwing Gordon Ramsay just, to, just yeah. to yell at him because they're doing things wrong. <laughs> That'd be great. But yeah, so uh, cool. I'm glad you liked it. Uh, so that's on Netflix now. Yep. So binge, if you will. Yeah. Uh, they also do bend a couple of rules because, like I said before, you can't have a huge, like, citywide battle. Yeah. Without involving the invasion or having them know about it. So what they were smart was instead of it being out in the open, they can find it underground. Smart. Yeah. Smart. And they, yeah, and they, the whole thing revolves around um, the Iron Fist, and then he's saved by everyone else. So okay. it, it, it works well It's a together. nice little dynamic. Yeah, yeah a nice little, a nice teamwork dynamic that yeah. it is. And the ending is great. Uh, it's really well done. Uh, a lot of surprises, a lot of twists, a lot of turns. Cool. And it keeps you on your feet. I like being on my feet. Yes. 
I like paying for the seat, the whole seat, and only using the edge. <laughs> or, or I like going to a sold out crowd, uh-huh. but nope. But every seat is, is still open. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. These are good. <laughs> Everyone's standing. It's a quality material. Yep. All right. Moving on. Yep. Uh, yep. So that's uh, Marvel's Defenders. Check it out. Cool. It's uh, definitely worth it. If you haven't seen any of the of the Netflix Marvel series. Probably start really, here. Yeah. Just start here. Actually. Because I think this could also work as an introduction to the other series. Weirdly enough. Yeah. Because it also introduces a bunch. Because even though it introduces a bunch of characters at the same time, it gives you a taste. Yeah, it gives you a little taste of what they're supposed to be and how they're supposed to act. That's cool. Also, I didn't know Trinity was. Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, Do we have cancellations and renewals this week? Uh, We always have cancellations and renewals. Always, because television is always going through changes. Yeah. Like a like a preteen. So first up, (laughs) we have I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's a second season on True TV. Okay. And that Netflix show, Friends from College, which I thought everyone hated, but yeah. I guess not. The internet hates it. Yeah. Here's the second season. Netflix doesn't, apparently. Let's get a second season. Yep. Yep. And moving on to people. Okay. Yeah. We have a... Uh, Tough week. Yep. We have John Shepard, or Shepard, rather, aged 89, was the dad in Lassie. Aw. Yeah. Like the original? Yes. Okay. Uh, we have Sonny Lanham. Age 76, uh, actor, uh, starred in Predator, 48 Hours, and Lockup. Hmm. Next, we have Sir Bruce Forsyth, hmm. age 89, English TV presenter for The Generation Game and Player Cards Right. Hmm. We also have B. Wayne, age 100. Wow. Singer of Deep Purple, Okay. Heart and Soul. And her number one most famous hit, My Reverie. Wow. Also, fun fact, she was the first artist to record the classic Over the Rainbow. That is a fun fact. But MGM prohibited the release of that oh. soundtrack uh-huh. until The Wizard of Oz was had opened. Got it. And, it went, and was heard by Judy Garland. Yeah, it makes sense because they wanted it to be their big movie star who debuted it. Yep. Okay. And then it would be then her version would be basically like okay. the radio play. And they wouldn't know. But what ended up happening was that the, that was such a hit that yeah, that they made that version the radio version. It's the idea of Mazel. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> happening. Or what would eventually happen with the yeah. Because this happened first. Well, of course. <laughs> uh, next we have John Amber Crombie. Okay. Age seventy two. Jazz guitarist and session musician. Musician for Gil Evans, Barry Miles, and many more. Okay. And then we have the two hard-hitting ones. Okay. First up, Thomas Meehan, age 88. The playwright mm-hmm. for Annie, the producers, and Hairspray. Oh, okay. Hmm. And lastly, Jerry Lewis. Right. Age 91. The comedian, yes. not the singer. No, not to be confused with Jerry Lee Lewis. Yes. Um, but yeah, uh, Jerry Lewis, super, super long, important career in uh, comedy. Yeah, uh, uh, part of the duo Dean Martin yep. and Jerry Lewis. Yep. Uh, hosted telethons. Yep. Uh, it was uh, Alzheimer's, I think? Uh, no, um, uh, but, oh, I should know this. I just was reading about this. It was not Alzheimer's. Okay, I thought it was. It was uh, not... 
cute. Diabetes? No. Anyways, yes, uh, later in his life, after his uh, film career had kind of tapered off, he did, uh, yeah, he worked with a... uh, 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 doing uh, tel- uh, yeah telethons, telethons. For, uh, for the the charity he promoted and was in charge of up until like 2011. Um, but yeah, uh, muscular dystrophy, dystrophy, MDA. Yeah, muscular dy- dystrophy. Yeah, that's what it was. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I mean, of course, um, uh, most well known for, of course, is is his work with uh, Dean Martin. But also his solo work, including the original Nutty Nutty Professor, which countless uh, uh, cartoon characters have been based on him. Um, of course, also Jer- uh, he's also famous for being, of course, having the joke about him that he's quote famous in France, unquote. That French people love him, which is more true than you think. Actually, <laughs> it was kind of a punchline in the '90s for a while, but it's actually fairly true. Um, yeah, he definitely uh, got to a point in his career where he was kind of an auteur of his own movies. He kind of did exactly what he wanted to. He directed, wrote, and starred in most of his stuff and had a very kind of clear view of what he wanted to be as a comedian. And, uh, yeah, uh, had quite a storied career. Uh, of course, his work with the uh, uh, Muscular Dystrophy Association changed so many lives. Um, but, yeah, uh, so he'll be, he'll certainly be missed uh in the, uh, the the entertainment industry as a whole. Yep, legend. Legend. Yes, another legend. Not not not, not John Legend, but but a legend in his own right. Yes. All right, let's Moving move on. On to video games. We're talking about bug-eyed lady here. Uh, that's a lady wearing a VR headset. Yes, because if you've ever wanted a VR, now's the time to get in. Well, the Gear VR does that count? Um, no. Yeah. Okay. No, actually, no. <laughs> no. Uh, as the HTV Vive uh, virtual reality headset is now cost five ninety nine. Wait, that's cheap. Because that sounds super expensive. Still. That is two hundred dollar reduction from okay. its starting price of seven ninety nine. The package <laughs> comes with the headset, two motion controllers, and two wall mounted sensors that deliver room scale VR, allowing yep. you to walk around and explore virtual worlds. Tell you what, it's too expensive still. Well. <laughs> What if I told you that this price cut comes because Oculus Rift also did a price cut? Okay. Uh, you can now get that for three ninety nine. Now that's reasonable. Which includes the Oculus Rift headset uh-huh. and two touch controllers. Yeah. For three ninety nine. As I said with the Xbox One X, for some reason or another, five ninety nine just sounds like way too much for a piece of home electronics. You get that thing for $3.99, and that sounds reasonable. But, major asterisk here. Just a reminder, for either of these headsets, you need a PC that can run it. Yes. And this is a common misconception about VR. VR is not as simple as just buying the headset set and plugging it in and going. You need to have a computer that has a powerful enough graphics card and a CPU to run VR games. And that is probably not most of you. So do the research if you want to buy VR. See what computer you need to have. Because, yeah, you might be out another grand to buy a computer that's compatible. Basically, if you didn't buy a proper computer yeah. in the past two years... You're not probably... Chances are you're probably not compatible. No. So, yeah, do, do some research if VR sounds like something. Or, I'm telling you, if you are at all interested, get one of the cheaper alternatives. Like, a Gear VR is... Not expensive at all. I think it's sub two hundred dollars, 
it you can put your phone if you have like Gal- uh, a Samsung Galaxy. You can put your phone right in it, and it just works. And yeah, you can't do like room scale, and you can't do a lot of game stuff with it that you can do with the Vive and the Rift. But there's enough VR experiences with that thing that it's a nice like kind of first VR experience. So check that out, or um, if you have a PlayStation Four. PlayStation VR uh, is a good uh, substitute for something. Mm-hmm. It's a little less expensive. I think that's three hundred. Right. Uh, and you're so you're not spending as much, and you're playing a lot of the same games with that thing. So consider your alternatives. Do your research. That's what my advice is. But VR seems cool. Uh, VR is heading in the right direction in yes. terms of pricing. It really is. All right. Next. Next. Microsoft. Microsoft. Yeah. Uh, so Gamescom's happening. It is. And Gamescom, Max- for those who don't know, yes. is a uh, annual game expo that happens in Germany. Yes. Uh, for those of you wondering why Angela Merkel was hanging yeah, out with some college players, players, that's why. That's why. <laughs> Not just because that's how she spends her weeks. Uh, yes. Yeah. So anyways, <laughs> Gamescom was out, uh, and they had a proper debut of the Xbox One X. Quite proper. Uh. Yeah, Xbox One X, right? Yeah, that's what that thing's called. Still. Yeah, still. <laughs> yeah, and uh, they also introduced uh, the Project Scorpio edition. Yeah, which seems redundant. Yeah, <laughs> considering that Project Scorpio was the code name was for the code X. name for the X. Yeah. So what's in the Project Scorpio edition? Oh no, it's just the exact same thing, <laughs> except except printed on the controller. It says Project Scorpio. Okay. And then just also on the box itself. That's a dumb idea. But I guess for people who cared about that nickname, I guess it's something to, yep. to, for, to, for them. Yep. And so, um, yeah, while there, uh, Microsoft's head of marketing, Aaron Greenberg, was also there. Okay. Spewing a bunch of bullshit. Yeah, this happened. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which I'm not going to get into. Yeah, not too far, at least. Not going to get too far into the spewing of the bullshit, but... <laughs> Basically, he's he was doing his job and saying Xbox is yeah. the best, right? Which is what he has to do. It's his job. Literally his job. Literally his job is to promote the hell out of the Xbox. I mean, can you get kind of like a real boilerplate version of what he said? Um, yeah, he basically said our games. We have the best games coming out. <laughs> dot dot dot. Yeah. Eventually, this maybe? this this guy. This coming from a company that just canceled one of their temples. Uh, Two. <laughs> We covered two of the temples. It's true. I guess. And delayed another one. I mean, yes, of course he's doing his job, and to a certain extent, he is technically right. There are some real cool stuff coming to Xbox. Um, I mean, the fact that they have, they're the place to play Battlegrounds, not on a fancy PC. If you're not somebody who was in our last story, yes. who has a fancy PC from the last two years, you probably can't play Battlegrounds. So the fact that you'll that there's going to be a home version available is pretty cool. So Xbox owners will have that, which is pretty awesome. Yep. And there's more stuff down the pipeline too. Sea of Thieves still looks cool. Right, but that's also 2018 release. Still. Still. Still, I'm just saying. There's some cool stuff. It's just, yeah, like you said, eventually. Yes. But uh, one thing that did catch the internet's eye and that people started debating on okay. was that Microsoft is apparently in talks with Sony about crossplay. So, yeah, this was something that they've been working on because. This hit last year where Microsoft said that was their plan right. was to do crossplay with other consoles, and it was just a matter of the other team saying it was cool. And Sony was very, very quick to be like, 
eh, hard pass. So there's the fact they're still having talks is good, but ultimately, if somebody's still weird also, about it, also define talks at yeah, this point. Yeah, who knows? It was do we send an email yeah, asking, or do we like have say, or did I just like meet him in the elevator and say, hey? What if we did crossplay? Hey, remember the crossplay thing? Yeah. Uh, do you still want to do it? And then just they walk out of the elevator. Yeah, just, like, let's, yeah. So some guy is just out. I mean, it's tough because as much I really, really want them to do crossplay, I think that's a cool idea. Especially now, I think that would be so awesome. Something like Rocket League and not just be, be able to... Imagine Rocket League if you were just to hop in a game and you could play people on both a Switch and an uh, Xbox. Well, it would, and eliminate, it would eliminate the need for any, like... Long, long gestated lobby times. Yeah. You'd constantly have people mm-hmm. playing for everywhere, and it would be a real good group of, like, of a good variety you'd get. But Sony's really weird about... They want to be... They don't want to join Xbox Live. They want to be Xbox Live. Mm-hmm. And so they're still hung up on Microsoft still being in the lead with that stuff. Yep. Uh, I mean, not necessarily in functionality anymore, but with, like... Uh, public perception like yeah. you still think Xbox Live before PSN right um, but Microsoft is just not there anymore Microsoft's at corporate level now is just so much we just want everything to work on everything bottom line that's their new that's the CEO's new kind of modus uh, for all their groups right now is hey we just want to be on everything we just want everybody to do what they want to do essentially and that's how Xbox has been and yeah Sony's just not on that page right now nope uh, the quote was that we're talking to Sony we do partner with them on Minecraft, yeah. and of course we would like to enable them to be part of that one community to unite gamers. Yeah. So we're talking to them, and we're hopeful that they'll be supportive of it. And now, am I making things up, or do I remember that Nintendo was Nintendo Minecraft on board. was on, Nintendo Minecraft yeah. is on board with this, and and that could lead to other things. Like, for example, the Rocket Switch League. version of Rocket League. Right. I wouldn't be surprised if they were able to actually make that work. Right. However, this also will prevent people from like buying consoles for <laughs> exclusives. If you could just like play any EA game yeah. with anybody. But again, that's not where Microsoft is anymore. Remember the big deal that they made at E three about the fact that two years ago, not last year, but the year before, right. that everything first party was going to be on PC as well. Mm-hmm. That's basically them making a statement it's like we know that exclusives aren't the thing. It, they, they figured it out. They figured out exclusives are no longer the thing. People are going to play, want to play everything on everything at this point. And yeah. they're embracing that. Sony's not. So Yeah, but Sony's making killer first-party games. So they really are. Would, That's also so, so why why would they? Yeah. It doesn't make sense for them to get in bed with, with Microsoft. I mean, no. Not, uh, not money-wise, no. But then again, they haven't been that company. Sony's been the ones out there repeatedly saying... How much they are, quote, for the players, you know? Mm-hmm. They're really for the players. I think they'd at least consider this. Uh, I might consider it on stuff like Minecraft and Rocket League, which doesn't matter that much. But when it comes to Madden, yeah, do you think that still think, matters? I don't think so. Does, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm, a weird, I'm weird about this. Yeah, you're weird on that. Stop being weird, Matt. I don't think Matt. there's anything to lose. Stop being weird. I don't think there's anything to lose. I think Microsoft's right for once. No. I think Microsoft's right because... Exclusives are done. We're done with exclusives. Are we? Yes. I think we're getting to the point where you should just be able to play on the thing that you bought. Well, then go work for Ubisoft because they put everything <laughs> out and everything. 
<laughs> I'd rather not. I heard the crunch is pretty bad right. over there. That's in the news today. Crunch stuff out crunch. Anyways. Anyways. Moving on. Moving on to the other side, Nintendo. Okay. Or rather, the yeah. SNES, which the, you cannot no longer get anymore. You <laughs> couldn't. You couldn't. And you still technically can if you want to pay out the nose. Okay, recap this. All right. Last couple days. Here. So, SNES Classic yeah. was going to be go on pre-order at some point. So everyone, so basically everyone had to sign up everywhere in order to get notifications to say when they went up, so they could quickly hop online and try and grab one. Somebody messed up. Yep, as always. As always, because um, the pre-orders uh, went up for Best Buy and Amazon with no warnings, no emails, no nothing. Of course. And sold out in minutes, and people were pissed. Yeah. Uh, not only that, uh, Walmart uh, did the exact same thing with it going up at 10 a.m. and then being sold out immediately in two minutes. Yeah. But then, GameStop had a better option. Well, better. Very open to interpretation here. Yes. Instead of doing things online, we'll use our brick and mortar stores. Uh Uh-huh. So, they took down their online uh, pre-order, and you had to physically go to a GameStop (laughs) in order to get your reservation. Yeah. And it was the longest lines GameStop has seen in a long time. But somehow... This is still not the worst way you could have pre-ordered an SNES Classic. Tell them about the really messed up option. What? I mean... The Think Geek stuff? Did you see this? Oh, I I skipped that. Oh, man. Yeah, if you really want to see something heinous going on here. So Think Geek, which is a company that's notorious for having terrible bundles. Super expensive bundles full of crap you don't want in order to get the thing you do. Mm Mm-hmm. They were doing ones for this uh, in SNES Classic that were up to $250. And those were it. They were not selling it all cart. You had to get the bundles. But what comes, But the, everything comes in the game already. So what is it in is this a bundle? bundle. <laughs> Other crap, like accessories and stuff. What accessories? There's no accessories look. to this. You know what? I didn't even look because I was like, I had enough of that once I saw it was $250. I was like, no, I don't even need to know. People should be smarter than this. But no, they're not because they want to have one. And that's a guaranteed pre-order if you buy that thing. Yeah. So it's, it's I mean, so Patrick Klepek over at Waypoint posted a story uh, yesterday about this where he was basically like, don't support Nintendo's bullshit and stop caring about this pre-order thing. Because at this point, they're making it so difficult to get one of these things mm-hmm. that is causing mass hysteria and arguably we shouldn't have to deal with this. And he's right. Yeah. It's just, it's, Nintendo needs to get, I mean, they were the ones out there and be like, don't worry, we're making more this time. We're making millions of these things. You'll be fine. And yet, they're not stopping the retailers from making bad calls like this. Well, that's a retailer thing. Yeah, but at the same time, this is a thing that has their name on it. Yeah. It's a thing that they know a lot of people want, that they had gotten ahead of, tried to get out in front of, and said, we know you want this here. We're going to tell you you're going to get one. Only to have this stuff happen, and they're just silent about it, while everybody's, like, killing each other over just these pre-orders. It's like, 
It's just such a stupid thing. I don't know. It's frustrating, and I hope people who want one get one without having to die for it. So us? <laughs> I mean, yeah. If, if, uh, but, but if it's like way too much effort to get one, no. I don't care that much. And it's looking right, right now, it's too much effort to get one. I'll wait until it's reasonable. Okay, moving on. Let's talk about something else, please. Okay, moving on. Uh, <laughs> there's whales in, Hung- in Long Beach. Oh, okay. It's video game news how? Yeah. <laughs> it's video game news because Gamescom happened this weekend. Alright, so yes, as we mentioned, what else happened in Gamescom? Alright, so here's a little rundown of everything that happened in Gamescom 2017. Alright, rapid fire. Let's do it. We have a new game from Recon Games, which is made up of former The Witcher and Dying Light devs okay. called Ruiner. Ruiner. Yeah, run I through ruins. Ruiner. You run through ruins. Today on a podcast. Sounds alright. It looks pretty good. Yeah. Um, we also, we have The Good Life. The Good Life. Another uh, Good Life. Yeah. <laughs> uh, by Kanye West. I mean, no. White Owls. Yeah. This is an RPG about murder. Yeah. In an English village where all the people turn into cats at night. Yes. And it sounds great. Okay. This is, uh, so this is um, uh, a, a, a sweary joint. If you're not yes. familiar who sweary is, uh, he did uh, most recently Dark Dreams Don't Die or D4 for the Xbox One. And then before that, uh, Deadly Premonition uh, for the Xbox 360 and PS3. So he's kind of a cult favorite. Okay. Those games are weird. So this game is probably going to be weird, too. It already sounds weird. Yeah. Um, I'm excited. Cats. They had me at cats. Blizzard yes. unveiled a new Overwatch map. Yep. Junkertown. Yep. And some new heroes. Uh, yep. Some new uh, Heroes of the Storm and Hearthstone content. Oh, and there's a new Overwatch uh, animated video thing, story video thing that hit today as well. Yep. Uh, Ubisoft, uh, latest city builder yep. uh, game, takes place in Victorian era. Cool. Uh, with the game Anno 1800. Nice. So get ready for steampunk everywhere. People like the Anno series. It's a pretty popular series. Yeah. Uh, Lego Marvel's uh, Super Heroes 2 introduces, okay. uh, had a new video come out and introduces us to the locales of Asgard, Nowhere, and Wakanda. Middle Earth. <laughs> I want to go to Nowhere. Yeah. Middle Earth, Shadow of War. Yep. Uh, brought us a new trailer uh, for The Enemy. They're industrious machine tribe. Yeah. Which are basically orcs who figure out how to do mechanical shit. Sure. Uh, we also have a new trailer for Life is Strange Before the Storm. Yeah, which is soon. August 31st. That's this month. Yeah. Literally end of the That's month. next week. That's next week. <laughs> we will definitely... You'll get, you'll get the first episode. We will definitely be playing that. Uh, South Park, Fractured But Whole... It's a release date, October 17th. Okay. Uh, and they're still doing that deal where if you pre-order it, you can get uh, South Park Stick uh, of Truth, Stick Truth yeah. for free. Uh, let's see. We also have Sword Art Online, Fatal Bullet. Ugh. We'll get a wide release on everything. No, thank you. Except for the Switch. Early <laughs> next year. Next, we have an off-road racing game called Gravel. Which is set to feature over 50 vehicles, dynamic weather effects, and four disciplines. Early 2018. Sure. 
<laughs> uh, Far Cry 5 showed off a 10 minute gameplay. Yep. Uh, coming early next year, February, February 27th. There's another Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite gameplay out there. Yeah. Uh, that thing's coming out next month, September 19th. That came out quick, too. Yep. Uh, also, the team behind the Witcher series brings us Gwent, Thronebreaker. Yeah, it's an expansion to their card game. Yep. <laughs> uh, we also get the first trailer for Yu Suzuki's Shenmue 3. Shenmue 3, yep. Uh, backgrounds look great. Character models, not so much. Yeah, he got out in front of that uh, Yu Suzuki. He was quoted today, I guess, saying that wasn't the that wasn't the final facial animation engine. We're fixing it. Uh, fix it fast. Yeah. Also, we have Mother Gunship okay. from Terrible Posture Games. Terrible Posture uh, is a first-person shooter slash bullet hell hybrid, saying that it's like Edge of Tomorrow on steroids. Oh, you mean live, die, repeat? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, and lastly, a 2D puzzle platformer with time travel mechanics. Right. From indie <laughs> developer Alan Zucconi, titled Still Time. Still Time. Still Time. That's a good name. It's a good name for that. Yep. All right, and that is everything that happened at GamesCon 2017. Cool. Anything else for video games this I don't week? No, I got that's all I got for video games. All right, that means we're moving on to the Billboard because we're moving on to music. Yeah. All right, so your Billboard 100, which is your singles list, is all the singles list still boring. All the singles. Your number one song is still Despacito, Luis Fonsi, Daddy Yankee featuring Justin Bieber. Wild Thoughts, DJ Khaled featuring Rihanna, Bryson Tiller is still number two. Moving up to number three this week, Bodak Yellow (parentheses Money Moves) by Cardi B. Number four, Unforgettable by French Montana featuring Sway Lee, and number five. Believer by Imagine Dragons. Then we have your 200, your albums chart. Number one album in the country right now is Rainbow by Kesha. Called it. Yeah, debuting at number one this week. Number two is Damn by Kendrick Lamar. Number three, Grateful, DJ Khaled. Number four, moving up, Khalid's American Teen. He's getting a lot of radio play. That guy's catching some some heat right now. Okay. And number five, Federal Three X or Three Times by Moneybag Yo. Moneybags. I'm not yo. making any of that up. That is a real album by a real person. All right. All right. And uh, yes. Yeah, so your your weekly watches here. <laughs> Let's see how far I have to scroll down. Uh, More Life by Drake is 13. Moana is 14. Moana is 14. And four, uh, 444 Jay Z is 15. All right. Sweet. Here you go. Uh, new releases. New releases this week. We have ASAP Mob. That's the whole whole ASAP collective. So Rocky and Ferg and the other one. Yep. <laughs> uh, that is Cozy Tapes Volume Two. Too cozy. That's too cozy. We have Symbias with Light in Your Mind. Okay. Fifth Harmony. Fifth Harmony. Fourth Harmony. Yeah, you mean Fourth Harmony. Yeah, that's Fifth Harmony with Fifth Harmony. Yes. Self-titled album. We have Gogoi Bordello with Seekers and Finders. Yeah. Hyped Williams. Rainbow Hyped Williams. Rainbow Edition. Sure. Iron and Wine with Beast Epic. Okay. Jack Cooper with Sandgrown. Liars with Themes from Crying Fountain. Sure. We also have Nadine Shaw with Holiday Destination. Okay. For you country fans out there... Old Dominion with Happy Endings. Okay. 
We have Pivris with All We Know of Heaven, All We Need of Hell. Okay. We have a new Queens of the Stone Age album. Yeah, it's probably the big release this week. Yep. Villains. Yep. We also have Stephen Doster with New Black Suit. We have Tara Mwaz with Trash Generator. <laughs> okay. We have the Cadillac 3. Alfred. With a Legacy. <laughs> also, the Fresh on, the fresh and Onlys. Right. Wolf Lie Down. Okay. We have the War on Drugs. Yep. With a Deeper Understanding. Yep. Walter Trout with We're All in This Together. Oh, I'm trying not to sing that. <laughs> and lastly, we have Widow's Peak. With yes. Except the Best. That's what I will be listening to. Uh, but yeah, the Queens of Stone Age album is probably the big one this week. Uh, produced by Mark Ronson? Really? Of Uptown Funk fame? Uptown Funk Mark Ronson? Yes. Right. So who knows? Okay. Uh, from what I hear is fans of that band thinks it's good so far. So if you like Queens of Stone Age, check it out. But yeah, I'll be, listen- I'll be checking out that Widow Speak record. British band be British. Uh, are they British? Yeah, they're British. I didn't know that. Huh. Alright, the more you know, moo music news. Moving on. That is one R. Kelly. Yeah. yeah. I kind of wish he wasn't in the news so often these days. Yeah. Well, 24 year old Jerhonda Pace yeah. has decided to break her NDA and speak out yeah. about the abuse she suffered. Right. Uh, in an interview. It's kind of a follow up to our story about a month ago now. Well, it was. Reported a month ago. Right. It was brought up about two weeks ago. Yeah, again. again. And then this is the follow-up to that, where it was an official interview now. Okay. Well, yeah, where uh, Jerhonda Pace uh, said, well, in an interview she did with none other than BuzzFeed, uh, when she was 16, back in 2009, she spent several months involved with R. Kelly. Okay. She met him outside of the courthouse during his initial trials, mm-hmm. uh, asking for his autograph during uh, the trial for producing child pornography. Eventually, someone on R. Kelly's team reached out to her via MySpace Ugh. and connected with, with her to Kelly, to R. Kelly. She began to spend her weekends at his house, mm-hmm. where R. Kelly was aware of her age she showed him her, her ID, and they would have sex. Uh, okay. She had to follow strict rules, uh, quote, which included dressing in baggy clothes, turning over her phone, and asking permission to shower, eat, go to the bathroom, and leave the property. So... If she broke these rules, she says she was mentally and physically abused. Uh, um, so, yeah... We probably don't go, need to go any further than this. Uh, uh, just one last sentence. Okay. Uh, she's worried about the women who are still living with him. Yeah. And that if, uh, she said that if I can speak out and I can help any of them get out of that situation, yeah. that's what I will do. So yes, uh, first, yes, obviously she needs to be commended for being uh, brave enough to stand up and say this stuff. It's very difficult to, for anybody to do, a survivor of any of this kind of thing. Uh, but this just uh, confirms literally every part of the um, alleged description of what was going on at mm-hmm. the R. Kelly compound um, that we had talked about previously. 
And so, yeah, pretty much every single part of that, 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 that there were women that were being trapped there, that there were rules and regulations that had to be followed, and that they were underage, potentially. This all checks. So, R. Kelly's been doing this for a while, then? That's what it seems like. way worse. I mean, yeah, it sounds pretty messed up. If uh, Hopefully, what this leads to is some sort of actual court proceeding where he gets his comeuppance. Uh, that's the hope. That's the hope. That's rough, though. Man. Speaking of rough... Okay, what do we got? Oof. Taylor Swift. Oh, we have to talk about this. Oh, I guess we are going to talk about this. Okay, so uh, let's start from the very beginning here. So, 1989 no, no, no. was an album that came out four years ago. Oh, okay. I, was, I thought you were going to say December 1989, Taylor Swift was born. Oh, uh, no. It's also <laughs> accurate. No, um, um, yeah. so... 1989 was Taylor Swift's last album that came yeah. out in 2014. She's been quiet since, except for in the last couple weeks. Well, also except for the one song she had with Zayn Malik. That too. Uh, the single "I Don't Want to Live Forever." Yes, uh, which, which I don't care for at all. That's okay. I think it's super boring. That song's super boring. I think everything Zayn Malik touches is kind of boring, though. So he's a falsetto. Yeah, it's just—it's not even good falsetto. It's just like the song does nothing for me. Well, maybe Chili Swift will do something for you. Uh, she announced the name of her new album. Okay. Well, before we get there, uh, there's some little bit of, of context. So, uh, so what, she she. Dated, broke up, dated, no. broke up, dated, broke up. <laughs> the context is is that she had uh, done some teasing teasers uh, towards the uh, announcement here. She had uh, erased all of her social media accounts. So her Twitter went blank, her Tumblr went out, and her Instagram was blank. Except for, like, I guess a couple of posts from, like, 2009. So you left. could say it was a blank space. Yeah, you could call it that. <laughs> but yeah, so people knew that that kind of gave them a, a hint that there was going to be some sort of announcement made. Then a couple days ago, uh, a teaser in the form of a website called Timeless.com went up uh, hinting that there would be something called Timeless. Turns out that's likely the name of a single that she'll be debuting tomorrow. And also she posted a dot get a gif of a snake a uh, couple of times on her... Apparently program. that's not a snake. That was a lizard's tail. Oh, okay. Well, it looked like a snake. Okay. Uh, the snake angle is interesting because um, that actually has some sort of relevance to uh, to Taylor's uh, perception on the internet. Um, do you remember the whole thing about the... Um, Katy Perry? No, the Kim Kardashian Snapchat. So Kim Kardashian put up yes, a Snapchat yes, video Snapchat. of Kanye asking if the verse um, on uh, Famous was okay. Yes. And you can hear the voice of Taylor agreeing that that was cool. And then later, she went on the internet basically saying, no, I'm not okay with this. I think it's gross. So after that, the internet, thinking that she had basically gone back on her agreement, even though the Snapchat Snapchat. said that she had said it's fine, uh, they had started calling her a snake. Like a snake in the grass. Okay. And so it caught on and became kind of a running joke for a a while. It was like, oh, Taylor Swift, and they would post like snake emojis or pictures of snakes. So yeah. That's the relevance okay. of that being a snake, if it was indeed a snake. Uh, but anyways, yeah, and then today, she finally announced a new album. Yep, where she doesn't give a damn about her bad reputation. So yeah, the album will be called Reputation. It will be released on November 10th of this year. Uh, it will be accompanied by a single that will supposedly be tomorrow night, Thursday night sometime. 
probably on Apple Music if I was to get, be a, a, give a guess here. True, be a gambling man. Yeah, if I was going to put money, it would probably be there. Uh, but yeah, um, no word on yet that this will be a, um, a pop album like in 1989 was, but at this point, probably. Also, rumor seems to suggest that this single might be eight minutes long, which would be crazy, if true. So that's something to look forward to. And yeah, she also uh, released the album art for this thing. And how, how would you describe the album art? Thug? Pretty thug. Uh, so yeah, it's a black and white photo of Taylor Swift with her hair um, wet back, which is different than usually how she wears it in her uh, uh, album covers, which is usually like she's in a wind tunnel. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and curly everywhere. Well, that was only the first three. Oh, yes. Oh, it, like, because red is the super close-up with her... Yeah, because it's hair straight hair. Hair straightened. Uh, but yeah, anyways. Um, and and uh, it's that picture of her with the word reputation written in, like, the New York Times font. With a bunch of, like, newsprint to her right that reads Taylor Swift over and over and over again. As if she went crazy yeah. from, something. <laughs> yeah, from, all, from the hotel. All work and no play makes Taylor Swift a dull girl. Yes. Or something. It's very weird. It's striking, certainly. And um, it makes a, a statement, for sure, about kind of the direction she's going. But the most telling thing here is, guys, she's calling this thing reputation. So, uh, what do you think? That means. What do you think this is going to be? Because I have a theory. That she doesn't give a damn about her bad reputation. No, no, I mean, so... Yeah, okay, what do you so... What actually think? What I actually think is that reputation is that it's... What she wants to be... This is, this is going to be her going forward in a new direction. Okay. This is, forget everything you have or know about the old Taylor Swift, country, pop. This is going to be her doing, I feel like, a Katy Perry thing. Where it's yeah. going to be completely new, completely different. And this is where she wants to go from now. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I think you're. I think you're probably right. The only thing is, I would amend Katy Perry and replace it with Kesha. Yeah, I was about to say because that Katy Perry made a bad pivot. She went the wrong direction, uh, where she kind of leaned heavily on the real overproduced, um, like R and B inspired. Not really in R and B, more like hip hop inspired, I guess you could say, but not in a good way, and completely like went too heavy in the trendy stuff and it just didn't work for her at all whereas i think taylor has a bit of a smarter mind for music than i think katie does i think that if she does do a new direction which this might as well be i think it'll be closer to something like what kesha did on rainbow hopefully which is trying different things experimenting a little more especially if this single really is eight minutes long uh, that means that she could very well be experimenting here and trying different kinds of music. But what my ultimate hope for this thing, you can't name that thing reputation unless you're actually going to comment on the last couple of years of what it's like to be Taylor Swift. So Taylor Swift has kind of become under fire in the last couple of years for maybe not necessarily being as vocal as she could have been about current events. She's been notoriously quiet uh, when it comes to political upheaval when it comes to major tragedy uh she has not made a single comment about any of the major like uh terrorist attacks both domestic and overseas she has made no uh comments about anything po political at all any struggles for example she didn't even show up for like the women's march like the easiest softball you could have thrown to taylor swift she didn't hit 
Yeah, but we saw it easy stop closer than Donald Trump, and he <laughs> lived on those too. Yeah, I know. Anyways, it's like it's. But pa- does she have to make a political statement? So, yes. No, she doesn't so, have to. Here's the thing. I understand that a lot of people disagree with me here. Um, I had a conversation with um, someone else this morning. Yes, I see. I see you're waving your hand. I had a conversation with someone else this morning where we discussed this very problem. It's, uh, idea, like, it's not a problem. This, this, very, this interesting, this kind of thing. So celebrity in 2017 is a weird animal because you are. it's pretty much inescapable. If you are in the public eye, you are in the public eye 24-7. And what you say is scrutinized, yes, to the point of no return. So if you're someone, perhaps like Kanye West, and you do speak, you do choose to speak your mind about every little possible thing, you can potentially become a source of controversy. You can become infamous for it as opposed to more popular. Kanye caught a lot of flack when he said that he would have supported Donald Trump if he had voted in the election. Rightfully so. But at the same time, this provides fuel for the fire who are supporting Taylor Swift and being quiet, being like, well, look, if you are a celebrity in 2017, every little position you take, every little thing you can do, you say can be scrutinized to the point of no return. If Taylor had come on one side of the selection cycle, if, for example, she had tweeted in her support of Hillary Clinton or something like that, or Gary Johnson, as a Twitter joke said today, which I thought was pretty funny, um... <laughs> um, if she had done that, yes, to a certain extent, you could have a public outcry about it. Being like, oh, Taylor Swift, get your politics out of my music, Taylor Swift. It's like, why'd you do that? My daughter, I won't let my daughter is listening to, that, to, to you anymore. You could have potentially had half your audience alienated by that statement. I understand that 100%. But what we're talking about is not necessarily about your audience. I think ultimately, somebody with power in this platform of Taylor Swift, who has a legion of teenage girls, 20-something girls, even beyond that, like a huge audience of people who are begging to hear anything from her. That gives Taylor an opportunity to spread a good message, something that she truly believes in, whatever that may be, to her audience. She has the platform to do that, and I think she should use it when it matters. That's where I'm at. So, yes, it's hard to be a celebrity in 2017 and maintain an image because of how quickly things can turn into a firestorm. But if it's something that you truly believe in or are passionate about, I think you should use that power. And you should be at that role model. Be the person that stands up to hate. You know, be the person that stands up to bigotry. And there's been a lot of hate and a lot of bigotry that she's not stood up for. That's kind of where I'm coming from. But yes, I understand the argument against. Is that fair? <laughs> are, you, are you done with your soapbox? <laughs> we step step down. Yeah, it's you're already too tall. So yeah, it. I think you can't have this album called Reputation and not address that in some way, whether it be vague or whether it's direct. I think she has to talk about things with this music. You can't name it Reputation and specifically reference in your art the news media, the media. 
the thing that is kind of the 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 the, the con like the the, the cons- conflict that celebrities face is being reported on constantly. So she can't put the imagery and the the the, the terminology of that conversation without having an actual conversation about it. So here's hoping that she uses this to talk about it in some way and not just use that to get headlines and not just use this name to as like a super bland metaphor for something else when she could use this to actually be like this i am taylor swift this is what i stand for so i don't know we so could also pull a connie and completely change the name i mean that's also true there's time there's definitely time for this thing to be called something else. Yes, or her first single could be Reputation, and the album could be Timeless. No, that's art for the album. You sure? They set up straight up the uh, last yeah. album art. It says because the, the thing says Reputation, the new album by Taylor Swift. Okay. Along next to this art, so that's the art for the album. We'll we'll see how long that stays. So yeah, looking forward to hearing Timeless tomorrow. If that is indeed what it is called, seeing what direction she goes in, uh, that'll be real fascinating. What if she goes all ballady? It could happen. I think that would work for her, though. Like Adele, like she turns and tries to pivot to Adele. Yeah. Yeah. Like she, she wore herself out in the 1989 tour jumping around. Now she just wants to sit there and sing. To part of me is worried, though, by the name Timeless. I feel like it's going to be kind of a throwaway. Like, you know what the name Timeless reminds me of? It reminds me of Style off of 1989. I wouldn't be surprised if those songs are very similar to each other. Yeah, we'll be. find out tomorrow. Yeah. All right. Here we go. All right. Now that you took uh, basically all our time there for music. Hey. We're going to keep this under an hour and a half. Now you, now we're gone over. Okay. All right. So wrapping up music real briefly. Okay. Uh, for those of you who are white supremacists and like <laughs> listen to white supremacist music, you ain't getting it on Spotify anymore. Yeah. Spotify made the right call. Pull all of their uh, alleged, like, I guess, proven somehow uh, white nationalist, white supremacist yes. music digital mu- music news listed a number of hate music uh, bands yeah. available on Spotify and uh, they listed about 37 white supremacist bands yeah. uh, identified by the Southern Poverty Law Center in a 2014 report and Spotify took all of them down yep uh, spokesperson for Spotify stated illegal content or material yep uh, that favors hatred or incites violence against race, religion, sexuality, or the like is not tolerated by us. Yeah. Pandora did the same thing. Yeah, good call. It's a good call by you guys. Before anybody says anything about free speech, let this be your uh, weekly reminder about how free speech laws work. Mm-hmm. They're a private company, Spotify, and they can put off, change their the what they have on their... Uh, program whenever the hell they want. Yeah, like they could put us on there if they wanted. <laughs> they really could. Hey, Spotify, we're not hateful. <laughs> yeah, we're not. We're not white supremacists. I mean, unless you could count Taylor Swift hate right here. Hey, wouldn't that the, wouldn't that be the opposite? Let's be real. Are you? Are you? She's like freaking the whitest person. Well, maybe not the whitest <laughs> no, person. No, I. She's pretty white. Let me, for the record, I'm not. I'm not hating on Taylor Swift. I liked 1989. I think the next thing she's going to do is probably going to be really good, too. I think that what she does for her fans is really good. She is a good, uh, like, it seems like she's very good at her, like, maintaining her community one-on-one and, like, doing good things for the people who do look up for her. I just wish she got into the bigger conversation once in a while. 
That's all I ask. That's all I ask, Tay. Also, uh, patch things up with Katie. Anyways. Are we done? Yeah, we're up stuff. That'll do it. Yes. All right. So, yeah. So, so take us home. Nah, chat us next week on another Media Boat podcast. We do this stream live on YouTube um, every Wednesday night at 8 o'clock p.m. Pacific time. So tune in next week for another ish, another episode or an issue. I don't know. Are we a magazine now? No, we're episodes. You can also catch everything that we talk about. That's the music. Oh, sorry. <laughs> news stories. Um, new releases. You can catch box office numbers. All of that and more on MediaBoatPodcast.com. Yes, you can new also, stories every day. Yes, new stories every day. You can also catch us on uh, Twitter, at MediaBoatCast. You can catch us on uh, Facebook, MediaBoatPodcast, on there. You can find our audio version of our podcast on iTunes. Like and subscribe over there. And you can catch us on Twitch every once in a while when we want to stream a video game, which will be probably soon. Yes, Madden is Madden out. week is this week, so we might be playing some Madden on yeah, Friday. Yeah, some so, Madden 18. So tune in and watch uh, maybe Goat some... Goat edition! Maybe some... Long, Goats! Yeah, maybe some um, uh, long shot story mode. Yeah. Uh, we might be playing a little bit of yeah, that, so check so that out. Someone else is going to take on uh, the some, NFL. No, no, not really, because this is a, uh, a named character who you do not get oh, to Oh, it is a named character? So that's the story mode. Uh, is a named canon character Damn. who everybody plays. There is, of course, the traditional superstar mode where you can do someone awesome. Yay. Um, yeah, so yeah, yeah. Uh, check that Long out shot. potentially on Friday on twitch.tv slash mediaboat. Also, doing this is a lot of work, and if you want to help us out a little bit with it, go to patreon.com slash mediaboat. There you can donate as little as a dollar a month. As little as a dollar. That's less. That's one-fourth of a coffee, guys. That's 12 bucks a year. Uh, that's $12 a year to help us out uh, 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 to make this content and make it even better, make more of it. Uh, exclusive stuff will be given to our donors as well. You can even direct donate at the bottom of the page on MediaBoatPodcast.com's homepage if you so choose to do so. So uh, with that, we will see you guys next week for another Media Boat Podcast at 8 o'clock p.m. on Wednesday. So, see you yep, guys. Yep, that wraps us up here. Okay. Bye. Bye. Bye.